time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to another edition of Rod and Reel Radio. And yes, we are live tonight. Hey, we want to thank you very much for all the great comments you sent in for the past couple of shows, especially last week's show. We were at Lake Havasu. We were covering the BASS Elite Tournament there at Lake Havasu. had a lot of great interviews with the pros. We spent three days there. We interviewed just about anybody that's anybody in the BASS circuit, so uh, we appreciate you listening. If you missed any of the show, just go to rodandreelradio.com, and you can not only hear the show, but we had a lot of interviews that we just couldn't play. And if uh, we didn't get... Your favorite pro on the air. He probably doesn't fish the BASS. Hey, again, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We've got uh, Todd Klein uh, with us. He is an uh, angler from Southern California here that's fishing the FLW Rayovac Series. He had a great finish there at uh, California Delta last week. He's in, I think he's tied for first place as Angler of the Year. He's going to be with us at 6 o'clock hour. He's going to talk about fishing the Delta, California Delta and especially fishing as a co-angler, as a backseater. So he'll be on with us at 6 o'clock. Then coming along at about 6.40, I have Ray Summers, the captain of the Vendetta. He's going to talk a little bit about this tremendous yellowtail bite and what's happening with some of the tuna off our coast. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. That comes on at about 6.40. But before we get any further, let me introduce to you the co-host for Rod and Reel Radio. First of all, he is the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT. He is a pretty good fisherman in his own right, as he proved again this weekend. Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well, John. Good evening, everybody. And it is a pretty good weekend, I think. You know, we had a little bit of sun, a little bit of almost rain, you know, but at least... We got a drizzle here and there before the weekend. What the heck? I'm pretty happy with the rain. Well, you know, I I hope it added up to some water in our local reservoirs because I know a lot of that water didn't go up to Northern California. And as most of us know, most of the water that we get here flows right into the sea. So we don't have (laughs) the opportunity to catch (laughs) a lot of it. But I'm hoping some of the lakes that, that do have 
uh, big watersheds like Havasu, I'm sorry, like uh, Hodges, uh, that they did fill up, and it allow us to go uh, fish them uh, more often. So, Stan, again, I know we'll talk a little bit about it later on. You had a great weekend of fishing. But I also want to introduce the other co-host of Ron Real Radio. She is not with us locally here in Southern California, but she's calling us tonight from Texas, where she took part in a special fishing event. Let's welcome to the show Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing great. I hope you can hear me fine, and there's no echo, but I think I hear an echo. Well, we get a little wind, but just keep it talking, girl. A, a little echo, Wendy, but it is not detracting from your lovely voice. And we know where are you calling us from, Wendy? I am in Rockport, Texas, and just fished the Babes on the Bay tournament for CCA Rockport. Um, and it was a blast. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Well, you know, hey, this is your part of the program, so why don't you go ahead and do that? Tell us a little bit about what is the the purpose of the tournament, uh, and who's fishing it, and some of the details, because it sounds like it's a lot of fun. You know, it's really neat. I, the fishing industry is so great. I have a tackle dealer. His name is Brian and Jennifer Brewer, and they own Titan Tackle in Katy, Texas. We've talked about fishing in this Babes on the Bay tournament forever. We, we've never met each other first face-to-face. And he said, come on, let's go fish. So I did a little research, looked up babesonthebay.com, and it's a huge tournament for women. They, at some time, they've had up to 1,500 women fishing this tournament. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> you know, and this is the 16th annual tournament. And it's a fun out of Fort Aransas in Texas. This year they had 1,360 participants, which is wow. about 360 teams. That's great. Each, it, it's awesome. Each team consists of four women, and you can hire a guide. So it's a guided division, or there's a non-guided division. But your captain, if you're in the non-guided division, can be a male. He just can't be a guide. And there's artificial, there's art, uh, artificial category and any bait category, plus there's a bait division. So what do you fish? Uh, we fish any bait. Good idea. <laughs> and you know what? It's so neat. It's a neat fishery. I've never fished for redfish or speckled trout before. Um, so finding them and knowing where to go and local knowledge and, and how to rig your baits, I mean, it's, it's it's all new to me, but I had a lot of good help from Viet Win from Owner Hooks because he used to live here. Well, now that would help. We've got a great picture of you on uh, the Rod Reel Radio website, and you're with a, a fish. I don't know, is that a red fish or was that a red drum that you had picked up? Well, it's a red fish. Um, it's, a, it's a giant croaker, and when I, when I fought it, it reminded me of a white sea bass. Wow. I guess, uh, I, I don't know, they may be related to the same uh, uh, family, but now, tell us, the event that you were fishing up, did would, did you uh, uh, ladies form teams, or, or what was the format for fishing? So, um, like I said, you have the guided, non-guided, bait, or any bait 
and and there's four women to a team with a captain, a professional captain, or a non-professional. And I think part of the fun was naming your team. I don't know if anybody looked at the team name, but they are hilarious. There's the Rusty Hookers, Cooking Ain't Easy, Size Matters, Ready or Not, Here We Chum, (laughs) (laughs) Cook, Line, and Drinkers, Cook, Line, and Sinkers. I mean, it was... And all the names were just hilarious. And, and all the women, they're all decked out. They all have matching shirts and their team names. And it, it's just, it's fun. Now, Wendy, these, so, are, these are not ladies that are normally fishing on any particular circuit or anything like that. It sounds like it, it's just a group of gals that uh, are part of this. Are they part of this organization that actually fish to have uh, come and have a good time? Well, you know, I came all the way from California to fish in this tournament. So I, I'm sure there are other people from different states and different areas who fish this tournament. Um, a, a lot of the women, I think, were from Texas. Um, but it was it was unbelievable to see all these women who fish. And these are all amateurs, not our pros. It's, it's just a fun tournament that the women look forward to fishing every year. Yeah, Friday like night, um, we had a mandatory captain's meeting, so we all had to go over there, and they have you get into your side pod. Um, there's a shopping mall, a food court, all kinds of things for people to get together and have a good time. And then on Saturday at Space Bike, you can go ahead and put lines of water at sunrise, which was 6.08. So you can, you can launch anywhere you want. You just have to obey the rules and not put your line in the water until 6.08. Anybody who wins the tournament or wins money has to go through the polygraph test. Cool. So hopefully there's no cheating. It almost sounds like, you know, uh, the overline tournaments in baseball where everybody had their own name for their team, too, and a bunch of non-professionals get out there and just have a great time. But this this event with 1,500 or 1,300 people in it. What a great event. I'd like to be a babe on the bay. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was, a, it was really neat to see such a big event, and it was for a good cause. It was to help raise funds or money. It was a fundraiser for the Aransas Bay CA chapter. All right. Now, you know, Wendy, uh, a lot of us have not had the opportunity to go after redfish. Can you tell us... Uh, what were some of the techniques uh, uh, the fishermen were using, and were they using gear like we use uh, here, like for the saltwater bass anglers, or, or do they have specialized gear that they use? It's totally different. Great question. They use a popping fork, and they use a popping fork for everything, whether they have an artificial bait on there or whether they have live bait or even dead bait. Um, and it's this big, big cork with, like, rattles and a big noise, and you tie a leader to it and put your hook on it. What I did, I ended up um, fishing California style. I actually caught a redfish on a big hammer midnight uh, phantom. All right. And uh, <laughs> I was excited to do that. But mainly when I fished the tournament, I found that you, know, you get your most bites with, with live bait, so I went to live bait. And, and they use circle hooks out here. Um, and 
that especially if they're going to use a big bait like a crab or something. Now, all these ladies are getting together to have a, a good time, and I, I can imagine that uh, when you get together afterwards, uh, uh, there's a little partying to be done, and there's a lot of camaraderie over there. You know, you've been to a lot of big tournaments. Do, do you find the atmosphere of, of this event like uh, uh, we have at a lot of the tournaments uh, you've been part of out here? You know, I would compare it to the big crowds like the San Diego Bay Bass Tournament. All right. So, uh, and, lot, and you know what? I, I want. Go ahead. A lot of spectators, or is, was it more participants? Uh, you know, it was participants mainly that I saw, but I couldn't tell, you know, because there were guides. Every, I mean, there were so many people. Wait until we post the photos. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So I got a question. You know, I want to say congratulations, though, uh, to to the teams um, that won. And I'll just get off the first place team uh, in the non-guided division and fate that went to reels and reds. They had a twenty point three eight weight limit, and then in the non-guided artificial, completely artificial, weighed in at ten point ninety six, and I want to say the non-guided baby, I'm going to tell you all three places because Elizabeth Severa, she had a 4.92 for the biggest fish. And then Emily Reynolds and Bryce Mockery had a 4.8, so they tied. But the tiebreaker was the length of the fish. Oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, so Emily had a 23.88-inch fish, and, and Briley had a... 3.75 inch. So Emily took second place. <laughs> All right. Stan, you have a quick question? Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you got this cork that you're putting on there. Is it used as a splasher or as a bobber? What are you doing with this cork? It, it's a uh, foam cork. Uh, some of them are look like a top, you know, the spinning top. Yep. And you have beads on top, beads on the bottom, and then a weight. Um, on top, on the bottom of that, it's all connected with a wire. And then you take your leader and you tie it to that wire, and and you want your leader anywhere from 12 to 24 inches. Depending on the depth you're fishing. Right. And most of the fish, I mean, you want to fish in maybe or thigh deep water to all the way down to one foot. Huh. Wow, and how do those fish fight, uh, Wendy, uh, the, the fish that you had on? Oh, the, I, I would think it was just like a white sea bass. Uh, the area I was fishing, the big fish that I caught, he, he actually took me into something that was real, like, I, it felt like it was steel or something. The, the fish ended up having a gas, a gas uh, cut, and, and my line was frayed really bad. They like to, to hang around the oyster beds and, um, and, and grab. Now, do you find in those events, do they practice uh, catch and release a lot like we do uh, uh, with the bass throughout the country? Well, this particular tournament was not a catch and release tournament, um, but if you do keep one of your big reds over a certain size, you have to use your tag that's on your license, and you're only allowed to keep one big red a year. Wow, that sounds great. Well, 
Hey, Wendy, uh, we got to take a break, but I know can you uh, stay on for the rest of the show and uh, uh, join us uh, wherever possible? I sure can. I want to get rid of your echo, too, girl. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll see what we can do to fix that in the break. Hey, but you are listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540 or at com. Coming up next, Phil Friedman, the voice. But stay tuned. There's more to come after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. let you know that this segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealer 
or go to balloonfisherking.com. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Real Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. we got Stan Vandenberg with us tonight. Wendy Toshihara is calling us in from Texas. She's in with us tonight. But it's time for the Phil Friedman Report, and we're trying to figure out what the heck has Phil been thinking. We haven't had a chance to talk to him live for a couple of weeks, but we want to thank him very much for sending his report in to us. So now here live is the voice, Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show. John, always oh, good to be on. How are you? It's great to be on with you, Stan and Wendy. And you're not going to believe the view I've got right now, John. I am driving <laughs> with Joaquin Espinosa from PFO and Cecilia um, uh, Gonzalez. Sorry about that, Cecilia. And I'm looking at the Coronado Islands, and it is just beautiful. We're down here in Baja having a great time, and it's beautiful, John. Oh, man, it is great. Now, you... Uh... Are you able to do any fishing down there? Are you doing some PR work or all the above? You know what? We were down here. uh, We came down to meet with uh, Senor Hugo Torres, who owns the Rosarito Beach Hotel. It was their 90th year anniversary. 90 years. I mean, it reminds me of H&M's recent 80 year. Unbelievably, they've been around for 90 years, and it was a beautiful, beautiful banquet and a lot of fun with his daughters Rosie and Laura and his son Daniel and Hugo and Gustavo and we just had a really, really great time. They put on a magnificent party. There's such great people and the Baja hospitality was everywhere. The Secretary of Tourism was there, Oscar Escobedo, who's another really great guy. The mayor of uh, Rosarito Beach, Silvano, who says, I am way more Mexican than I am gringo. Uh, he was there. We, we really had a great time, and it was just a great celebration and fun to be here. Well, you please give our best regards to Hugo and Rosie and all the people over there. We we look forward to coming to see him again. Uh, boy, when you're going down to Rosarita Beach, no better place to stay than the Rosarita Beach Hotel. It's centrally located, great facilities within their compound over there, a fantastic pier. And what more can you ask for? Friendly people. Absolutely. I mean, you, you've got all of that going for you, and you've got that special Baja hospitality from everybody from Senor Torres down the chain to all the employees. It just pervades the whole place. And then, John, as you well know, Rosie Torres runs the Boys and Girls Club in Rosarita Beach, and she does a great job with the kids. I remember making a comment to her once, and I said, 99% of the kids you run into in Rosarito are polite, they're good, and they're decent kids. And she said... I'm after that 1%, then. I'm after that 1% to change that and to make them good, hardworking uh, citizens of the community here. And she is dedicated to that and does a great job. And I remember vividly John Cassidy on the Rosarita Beach Pier tutoring the kids from the Boys and Girls Club and fishing and the great time we had when you were there, John. Well, we had a great time. Wendy was part of that, too. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't for Wendy uh, scrounging up some bait for us, we may not have been quite as successful as we were. <laughs> yeah, that is for sure. And I remember, I forget what the deal was with that, but I asked a whole bunch of other people to get bait, and nobody could pull it up but Wendy. She saved the day. All right. Hey, well, tell us, uh, Phil, some of the things that have been happening up here. You've, you know, we've 
been recorded for the past few weeks, but you've had white sharks, there's yellowtail, there's all kinds of good things happening. Give us a rundown oh, on, you know, on you, what's been happening. I, I sure will, Johnny. You're absolutely right. It's been crazy. I, I'll kind of give a bit, you know, the overview since we haven't been on live for a while. And first of all, I'll mention the white sharks out in front of our place. Uh, we, I have personally seen three great whites breach right in front of our house and studio here in Surfside, California. And I'll tell you, the one time was the best. The third one I saw was when I said to my son, Philip, we were getting ready. We'd just been surfish. And I said, hey, let's take a seat. And then I jokingly said, we ought to look for a great white shark. And it was two seconds later that he jumped off the couch, and I was right behind him. We were screaming, did you see that? And, and it was a white shark that jumped up. Juvenile white sharks, they normally don't attack anybody, but you won't see me, the big chicken, anywhere near a surfboard or anything else. I'm not going out there in a kayak or anything else. So you do see them from time to time, and the surf guys say that they're still around. Fishing-wise, um, you know, we have gone from some really outstanding yellowtail fishing at San Clemente Island to a rather slow bite right now. The Oceanside 95 gave us a ray of sunshine today with 18 yellowtail over there, but we're still dealing just barely with the elements now, the wind and uh, the reduction in water temperature. That has adversely affected that bite. But I think that's our past, and that 18 that he had today was the top over there. Many guys were much lower than that, but I think that's a ray of sunshine because as you look at the weather for the week to come, we're going to lose the wind. We're not going to have any heat waves. We're not going to have any rain, and things seem to be moderated a little bit, and that's what could turn this thing on. That could get really, really good. And, of course, down in your neck of the woods, you know, the Apollo with 30 yellow fins in it, that's exciting news. And also the yellowtail bite at the Coronado Islands has been excellent. The San Diego with Ryan Boston just been all over the fork down there. That's been really, really excellent. Now, Catalina Island, John, has also at times been very, very good. Other times, not so hot. It's lacking in consistency a little bit. But there has been some yellows at Cat, and they're big. They're that 18 to 25-pound stuff. There's some smaller yellows also, but there's a lot of that big stuff that you need to fish 40-pound mono with a 30 to 5-0 size. So fly line sardines worked well. Also, the yo-yo iron, a lot of guys are touting that red crab color. That seems to be very, very good. But other guys say the blue and white and the scrambled egg and the Dorado pattern, all of that's still working really well also. But there has been some really nice yellowtail hits in that neck of the woods. And I sincerely also believe that this local yellowtail should get rocking here as soon as we get a little bit more water temp, a tick or two more up in degrees on the local scene. And I'm talking about areas like the 150 out by the oil rigs off Huntington Beach. That should get rolling also. The Southern Cal had a 20-pound yellowtail fishing sculpin on their twilight trip last night. A big surprise, and I'm glad they got that on board. It was a nice fish. And then as we look up and down the coast, if you have cold water, uh, you're not catching many surface fish, if any at all, but the rock fishing remains prolific at Oceanside and San Pedro and uh, also Long Beach and Marina del Rey. And then you get up to the Channel Islands, and it is just outstanding up there in the Channel Islands. Big reds, lots of them, big chameleons, lots of big link. Uh, that bite has been absolutely wonderful. You know, just to uh, show you what the Eltel bite is, uh, We've been monitoring the results of uh, John Cabell's International Yellowtail Derby. That We are in the, right in the middle of that right now. And uh, over this past week, uh, Rick Maxa from uh, uh, Let's Talk Hookup 
took over first place in the Derby. He was uh, coming back from La Jolla, saw some uh, uh, birds hitting the water, and uh, threw an iron on top of it as they were going by. They were right off of North Mission Beach, which is, you know, kind of a do-nothing area. I mean, that's all flat except for some of the artificial reefs out there. And Rick came up with a 42-pound yellowtail to take over the lead of the International Yellowtail Derby. And I, I've got to tell you, 42 pounds off of our local waters here, I mean, that, that's almost like San Martin, uh, uh, Cedrus Island type of yellowtail fishing. Yeah, John, and Rick's one heck of a stick. He's a great angler. There's no doubt about that. But you're right, that, that is something you think you catch out of the loop. You know, it's got a loop island where normally you don't catch a ton of fish, but when you do catch something, it's big quality. The loop is known for that. And, man, that is a big local yellow, 42 pounds. And I, I know Buzz Brizendine, he's been doing some busman holiday trips when uh, he – He's in, and the prowler's not running. He's been going down in a slip, and he had a, mar- a magnificent day on the Tijuana Flats recently where they had limits of yellowtail. And, and the amount of fish that are flushing into the islands, and I'm looking at those beautiful Coronado Islands right now. I'm looking principally at South Island. It is amazing how much fork is moving in there. That looks like the real deal. And if we can get away from the springtime winds, John, and get some water temp, look out, I think, the light switch is just about ready to go up and on again. You know, uh, uh, Phil, uh, during the past couple of weeks, I know uh, uh, Ken Frankie has been uh, uh, working with the U.S. authorities on this bluefin matter, and they've got a resolution to the taking of bluefin on the U.S. side, and they, he's kind of been working with the Mexican authorities. Have you heard anything about uh, any movement on the taking of bluefin tuna in Mexican waters? I have not, and I've talked to some folks about that, and there was a few incursions last year that took place that some folks on this side of the border are still hurting over. And so uh, whether or not they have uh, the uh, determination to to make sure that that does not open up, I'm not quite sure, but I do detect some of that uh, from some of the people that I know higher up on this side of the border, and we'll just have to say I don't hear anything about that opening up yet, but who knows? You never know how that will play out. Hopefully it will, and we'll be able to catch some bluefin tuna. Sounds like that yellowfin already started to move in, but no, I haven't heard anything about that opening up. Yeah, you know, I uh, had a message from Captain Chris Randall uh, uh, just today. Uh, he uh, uh, took the week off and uh, went down with some friends uh, south of you, south of Ensenada there, uh, to uh, one of the areas where he likes to fish and went out on the pongas, uh, and, boy, they slayed him on yellowtail. And he said he also came back with a lot of yellowfin tuna from the guys that were launching from the beach. So yellowfin tuna, sounds like they're on their way up. Yeah, that sounds good. I might have to talk to you. We're going through a military checkpoint right now. I think Joaquin's got it handled. But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to die. I might have to stop for a second and talk. But, um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you're right. There, there's just, it's just going to be another incredible year. There's no question about it. Yellowfin tuna in May, and especially given the fact that our water is really not to the point you would expect to even see yellowfin tuna. Those guys, I think, were catching that in 65-degree water, and that's cool for yellowfin. So when we pop up to the high 60s and then ultimately – with, if the Super El Nino were to play out and get up in the 70s, look out. It's going to rock this year, and, and I don't think we're too far off from that happening, John. You know, All right. Hey, you know, Phil, so we got that, 
the, what? the smattering. Oh, what's that, Stan? Yeah, this is Stan. We got a smattering of this bluefin that showed up on the U.S. side here already this year, here and there. Uh, and then this yellowfin that's already active. I mean, it's you're right. It's May and it's and it's already starting to heat up. If this yellow, if this big El Nino pushes up and and makes a, a play here for the next couple of years, it'll it'll change the the thing. That we what we may see is that you know the sardines have kind of moved out here with the with the heat of the water too. So it, it's going to be an interesting season. But I think the fish are already on their way. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, Stan. Uh, I was lucky enough to go out with Captain Chuck Taft uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and uh, we uh, uh, Chuck had been fishing at the islands, and the yellowtail bite had slowed down a little bit. So uh, he said, come on, we're going to take the legend out, and we're going to go after some tuna. I've got some spots marked. Uh, we're going to go out and check them, and we certainly did. Nineteen of us went out on the legend, and we trolled, and we trolled, and we trolled, and we trolled. And just, just to show you, never give up. At about 3:45 in the afternoon, the wind was blowing; it was getting choppy. We got our first jig strike. Brought that fish in. It was a bluefin. We uh, didn't get any bait fish. Started off again. Another five minutes. Got another jig strike. Picked up a couple of other fish. Uh, trolled again. Got another jig strike. Picked up a couple of more fish. Finally, we got uh, a third jig strike, threw some baits in the water. I had my uh, swim bait rod, and I was lucky enough on live bait to pick up a uh, uh, bluefin tuna that went about 40 pounds. So we stopped, and we soaked some baits for a little while. And uh, in a period of about an hour and a half, we picked up 13 bluefin tuna. And Captain Chuck was telling me that in that period of time, we drifted about seven and a half miles and uh, turned out to be a pretty good trip. We were only on an overnight trip, so by the time we were finished, it was getting to be about 7, 7.30. We were still about 50 miles out. Captain Chuck told us, hey, you guys, if you told your wives to come and pick you up at 9 o'clock, you're going to be late. So uh, we picked up and, and went off, and I was sitting in the wheelhouse with Captain Chuck, and he was going, you know, I had that fish spotted. I had that spot marked as a place to stop. I said, Chuck, why didn't you start us off there first thing no in the morning? <laughs> why would you wait until 3.45? <laughs> but we did catch some fish, and so they are on out there. Hey, Phil, I know uh, uh, you're on your way back, uh, and so uh, what we need to do is tell us, how can we get a hold of you to get the latest information, to hear the all-Spanish broadcast that you're, you're now doing on Saturdays and Sundays, and, and just in general, Keep in touch with you because you are the sole source information of some of the most up-to-date fishing information here in Southern California. John, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, by the way, this Saturday night, we are on the Pacific Islander out oh. of Cisco Sport Fishing in Oxnard. We'll be taking off and doing the rock fishing probably, and if anything else pops up, yellows or any other halibut or anything like that, white sea bass will be all over that. You can book that trip on www.pfomedia.com. You can also listen to the soundbite every night there where there's a recap of all the hot fishing. The captains are calling in. You can listen to those reports. And we've got excellent articles and so much more there also. And then, of course, Aventuras al Aire Libre is our Spanish language radio show. And I've got 
one of the biggest parts of that driving right now. So I'm going to be really nice and talk favorably about him because he may, you know, decide to jump off the road and head for South Island if I don't. But Joaquin Espinosa is here. And, of course, the show is fantastic. We love doing it. We're Friday nights, 9 to 10, Sunday morning, 6 to 7. All of that on AM 690 and all archived on Aventura Salade Libre. Com for all our Spanish-speaking brothers and sisters out there. And, of course, we're on Instagram and YouTube and what else? Uh, Google Plus, Joaquin, anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it, John. And I'm too, with two really lovely people here, Joaquin and Cecilia, who are down here looking for a place to get married. So we got a big party coming up in about a year. And it should be a lot of fun, John. All right, Phil, thanks a lot for being with us. You say hello to Joaquin for us also. You have a safe trip back. We look forward to not only probably speaking to you during the week, but having you on again next Sunday night on Rod Real Radio. Thanks for being with us. John, take good care of yourself. Always a pleasure. And my very best to Wendy, Stan, and to all the great listeners out there. Take great care. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio on AM540 or at rodandreelradio.com. We're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain James Nelson with the California Inshore Report. We'll be right back with you after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, I'm Hopalong John, and uh, we've got Stan Vandenberg. Wendy's still on the line with us from uh, Texas, and... Uh, you know, having a great live show tonight, and let's continue it with the California Inshore Report. And this is brought to you by Cousins Fishing Rods and then also the Rock Lease Fish Release System. Without further ado, man, we, ha- we haven't talked to them live in a couple of weeks. 
let's been finding find out what's been happening in our local waters. We got Captain James Nelson with us. Captain James, welcome to the show. Hey, John, thanks for having me live, you know. Uh, after last week's uh, thing, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> hey, well, how did you how'd you sound, Captain James? I, w- I was in Lake Havasu. How did it go? You know, I, I only uh, caught part of it, but, uh, you know, I did that whole thing hoping that some of it would get edited, and I don't think it did. <laughs> well, you know, you, know, you know what? You, you've got to do it accompanying your guitar next time, because I know you do a lot better when you're strumming your guitar. Yeah, well, that's a compliment I don't think I've heard in a while. <laughs> Boy, Captain James, I've got to tell you, though, I've been following you for the past couple of weeks, even though we haven't been live and we've been in various sundry other locations. And even with these fronts coming through, you would think, well, maybe the fishing would die out a little bit in our local waters, but... I don't know. Have you found that to be the case? Well, you know, I haven't uh, experienced the uh, kelp and beyond, so I don't know if it's changed that much. But as far as in the bay, that's where my guests have been. And no, it hasn't changed a thing in the bay. It's been, as anything, it's turned the fish on more. Kind of wow, you know, uh, I've just seen a, a lot of the pictures that you've posted. All of a sudden, are you becoming the bone fishing king of uh, <laughs> Southern California? It seems like. The people that you're going out with, they want to go after these bonefish. Uh, they do. You know, once, once folks hear that they've got a bonefish here and uh, they don't have to worry about getting a passport or uh, <laughs> getting an airline to Orlando or anything like you know, they, they stay right here in town. And it's just once you say the word bonefish, people, their, their eyes light up and, okay, now you got to put them on them. So <laughs> you know, and, and if they sign up for a full-day trip, you just uh, – run on over to Mitch's Seafood, you have a, a great lunch, and you get back in the boat, and you go out for the second part of the day. That's that's pretty much the plan tomorrow, so we'll see what, how that goes. But, yeah, we've been doing a lot of really neat uh, assorted variety. Today we got 12 different fish. I mean, that includes wow. uh, the bonefish, of course. We had various croakers. We had uh, leopard sharks. We had just about every ray that swims, even guitar fish. I mean, yeah, so it was just really beautiful today. You know, uh, James, I've noticed that uh, you are uh, switching over uh, uh, a lot of your gear to the the Cousins fishing rods, and uh, that must be an interesting situation to be in, to familiarize yourself with the tackle and figure out what rod, what action, and everything like that goes for what type of fishing you want to do, and then putting the, that tackle into the hands of your clients. That, uh, that You're putting in a lot of extra work, I think. <laughs> Thanks, John. You know, it, it's fun work, though. I'll tell you, especially getting to go up to the, the factory there in Huntington Beach and talking to Bill and getting the tour. And, you know, you get to see the stuff that Wade Cunningham, you know, the, the master designer of the rods there, the guy knows what he's he's doing. Uh, it, I mean, he just beat that ten thousand hour rule to death. I mean, laboring over rods and going over formulas and patterns and cutting and recutting and and knowing how to you know put them on the the mandrels and just uh, he knows everything about baking and wrapping a rod more than most people have already can imagine trying to learn. He's already forgotten and moved on and. and so, yeah, it, it, it is different. It, it's different. Um, 
the way the rods are labeled, uh, the way that they uh, they rate their rods are, is a little different system than, uh, say, an off-the-shelf standard, you know, department store type rod. So it do, it does take a little study on my part to try to figure out and talk to them and to figure out, okay, here's what we're going to catch on this rod. What rod do you have? You know, and they're they're very supportive. Good group. Great. Now. Let's talk a little bit more about the fishing this week. We've got, uh, we're getting pretty close to a holiday. Uh, we're getting close to kids getting off from school. We're going to find more people uh, on our uh, inland waters. Uh, if you were to try and take a stab while the weather's still good, seems like we have some more weather that's going to be coming in on us towards the end of the week. But if you have a chance to go out while the weather's good, any suggestions on what people should be targeting? Well, again, and this is just based on my experience. So, you know, lately uh, we've been off the uh, coastal water. So uh, from my understanding, guys are still still doing good out there. I just haven't been out there. So I'm not going to speak about somebody else's knowledge. But from what I'm seeing in the bay, I mean, the spotties are everywhere, and you can't go too deep. They're still clustering up for the spawn. If you get on, if you got a fish finder and you can get on top of uh, a stack of fish out there, you can just score fish after fish after fish, and all it takes is a half-ounce lead head with your favorite plastic on there or a spoon, you know, and you can just catch them all you want. The you bone know, fish aren't much different. They're stacked up in areas. They're, they're anywhere between 8 and 12 feet deep, and uh, any shrimp-type meat or plastics that you can mimic a shrimp, that will work. And uh, even the lakes, you know, going out to Otai, jerk baits are right now are just... They're phenomenal, and if you can get a topwater bite, even better. You know, they're out there. The fish are roaming around. You'll find birds on the bait, so there's a lot of shad in the water right now. And there's still fish spawning. I, I plucked a couple off beds the other day with some worms, and, you know, they're happening. Bluegill are up, so just go. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have some uh, firsthand experience with Lake Otai. How about the grass over there? I know... Uh, uh, that lake uh, really gets, uh, you know, filled with grass. Is, is the grass still manageable, or uh, can you see it coming? It, it's coming, but it hasn't really been a huge factor yet. There's the uh, spot up river, I call it, where you go towards where the drop zone is for the parachuters. And there's uh, I, the spot I call Widow's Peak. If you go straight back in Harvey's arm there, there's actually uh, like an a point that just keeps falling down into the water and it gets deeper on either side of it. That spot there, this time of year, last year, was just coated with grass and you could hardly fish through it, but if you did, you caught fish. Right now, it's hardly got any grass on it at all. You could feel some if you get really on the bottom, but if you drag your jerkbait over the top of it or your fluke, you know you're not going to hit too much grass right now. So it's not as bad as it was last year, this time of year. Going, uh, Captain Jim, going back to the bay, uh, I'm seeing a, a lot of fishermen going out right now and and really targeting the uh, uh, the corvina that uh, are in the, our bay. And uh, uh, have you uh, have you seen? Uh, is there just more corvina in the bay, or there just seem to be more fishermen that are going out targeting them right now? You know, John, I think it's a little bit of both. That's a great question because I know that uh, our buddy Kelly has sure made it popular. Uh, between Kelly, Bill Schaefer, Kevin Matson, I mean, these guys have been doing it for years. It's one thing, but you're seeing a lot of guys starting to really get in on it. And what's really neat is a lot of these guys, they go out first thing in the morning, so they could go out for a couple hours before they go to work. 
Right. Um, and, and that's a great day. Just go out there, take, you know, 50, 20, you know, 20, 50 casts, get to work. You know, if you catch a fish or two, great. Most of these guys aren't keeping them, so they don't have to worry about being fishy when they get to work. And that's great. Um, we've been getting a few here and there, and so that tells me it's one thing when these guys who know where to go, know what to throw, and, and are constantly on them, and they're catching them. But when we're random, randomly catching without even trying, that, to me, tells me that the fishery is really turning on well. Wow. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, hey, Captain Jim, uh, I know we got the holidays coming on up. People want to get in contact with you. They want to find out uh, if you're available to, to book. I know I want to go on out with you because I, I need to go out and catch a yellowtail for that yellowtail derby. You're the guy I want to go out with. But for whatever reason, how's the best way to get a hold of you and find out what your schedule is for the next few weeks? Well, you could always contact me online. John, I'd love to get you out of Yellowtail, but I think we should probably follow Rick Maxa around from what I hear. But, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, wanna, I, I think that, you know, that's, we, we need to do a favor for Rick Maxa here. Uh, yeah, go, because, you know, go relieve the pressure off him? <laughs> yeah, because, well, you know, well, way back when it was Pete from the same show right, on, in the morning on Saturday and Sunday that, that uh, a big tuna bill took his name from because uh, he – he was down fishing that tournament someplace, and Pete was there and uh, down below. And and uh, Pete said, you know, that's big tuna bill, you know, because he'd caught the big one. And so I think we ought to do something for Rock Cod Rick because he needs to have a new name other than Rock Cod. I think he ought to be called Mossback Rick. From now on, I think a new the new name it should be Mossback Rick instead of Rock Cod. Yeah. Well, that's a better idea. You know, that's a good idea, but it's not over yet. John can still yeah, do it. There's, there's still a few more days. Hey, we got to get Wendy into that thing and get her with that big yellowtail because I know the winner of the yellowtail derby, besides getting a lot of prizes, a lot of money, gets their weight in Ballast Point Pale Ale. Now, I know if Rick wins this, boy, it's going to be a balance point, a lot of money. So let's get Wendy in the mix and, and save balance points some money. Hey, you know what, though? I heard John John Campbell told me that I could, if, if, if whoever wins the tournament, they could wear, like, weight belts and whatever they can carry on the scale. <laughs> You know, like actually, Wendy, the way, the way it can work is that if you win, I'll make sure that you're in my arms and we'll get in that. Uh, we'll get on that scale and we'll do it justice. All right. I'm here. Hey, James, how's the best way to get a hold of you to uh, book a uh, trip? Well, I still like the old-fashioned phone method. It's Even though it's not an old-fashioned phone I have on here, it's 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James Nelson, thank you a lot for the report, and we'll be talking with you here in the not-too-distant future, and I, I hope to get a chance to go on out with you and uh, go fishing again. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, John, Wendy, Stan. You guys have a great week. All you right. Will, hey, uh, Stan, I wanted to leave just a, a couple of minutes, and we started talking about Yellowtail, and there's no harm in doing about that, but... <laughs> you did pretty well uh, in the tournament this weekend, and just briefly, can you summarize what you did and what was happening? Well, two things were happening here. We have, uh, I'm going to lead in with a different story here. Uh, we have one of our young anglers, he's 30 years old, named Eric Elsher, who who came up out of the blue uh, with a surprise here, thought he had a cold, went to the, the hospital, and uh, uh, they said he had fourth stage 
uh, melanoma, internal melanoma cancer, oh, wow. uh, where he had all kinds of polyps on his lungs and all kinds of things were going on. He couldn't breathe. Uh, actually, quit breathing on the table when they were trying to uh, pull the, the fluid out of his lungs and and drain that. Uh, doctors gave him a couple of weeks to live. Um, so the posse, the gang from ABA and Juan Bass, uh, all kind of were getting together. What can we do? This this weekend, uh, Jason Heminger from uh, ABA put together uh, a tournament that said, you know, after the tournament, we want to have a raffle and we want to raise some money for uh, to help just pay the bills for for this this tournament after the tournament for uh, Eric Elsher. So he put that on secondary to our tournament. It drew uh, thirty, I think thirty something boats. I can't remember exactly how many boats came in. A lot of guys came in just to just to fish the event. The event was pretty tough. It's been getting harder and harder to fish up with uh, up at Casitas with dropping water, mm-hmm. and uh, they bluestoned it with some new chemical that turned it into pea soup. Uh, the fish have moved off uh, to, and suspended, and it's just been tougher and tougher. It used to take every tournament you have to have 20 pounds to get into the hunt and, or get a check. Uh, this weekend it went down considerably, although we had a guy that hadn't, hasn't fished the tournaments for a while uh, and did fairly well there, uh, fairly well. He did very well. He came in with 17 and a little bit of change to win the tournament. He fished alone. Uh, it dropped dramatically from 17 pounds to 13.23 pounds uh, for second place, and two guys named Stan and Ken Vanderberg took that spot, All which right. was a surprise to me completely <laughs> with with 13 pounds to get second place. But uh, it it puts us in a place to, uh, I think I've got a first, a second, a third, and a fourth so far this year. I'm, uh, I, I think, now I don't know, I, if it keeps going, I might have a fifth in, in there somewhere. I don't know. But we've had a pretty good year. Jason Heminger and the guys from ABA did a phenomenal job. They raised $5,600 and some change to help Eric uh, with his uh, costs for his cancer treatments. And it, we a good time was had by all. All right. Well, Stan, sounds like a good affair, good time. Just quickly, uh, what did you get your fish on? You know, everybody, the, the one, two, three... Four. All uh, that way I talked to the top four teams all caught their fish drop shotting, uh, and it's fairly shallow. I would say, well, I got one fish in 30 feet of water, uh, so it's anywhere from the bank to 30 feet. The reaction bait died, uh, so a lot of the umbrella rigs and some of the swim baits they were catching. They actually planted trout in Casitas a while back, and there was a little trout bite going for a little bit of a while. But the water is kind of, it's so mucky right now, and the fish are suspended and pulled offshore. This post-spawn bite is going to be a toughie for the next couple. All right, Stan, thanks a lot for that report. Hey, you're listening to Rod Reel Radio on AM540 or at rodreelradio.com. And, again, if you want to hear all the interviews that we did at the Bassmaster Elite Tournament at Lake Havasu, just go to the archive page of rodreelradio.com. We've got probably 40 interviews set up there with the guys when they were fishing there so please go out and do that hey coming up next fishing the flw rayovac up at the delta we got san clemente resident todd klein with us so stay tuned more rod reel radio to come but we've got to take a break right now we'll be right back UK 
can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at El Cajon H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. California, welcome to the second hour of Rod and Real Radio. I'm your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. My co-hosts are with me tonight, Stan Vandenberg, the voice of 1-800-BASS-BOAT, and Miss Wendy Toshihara, sales manager for Iserline and a lot of other fine products in the industry. And, hey, you know, last week we spent the whole show at the uh, BASS Elite Tournament at Lake Havasu. We had a chance to... Talked to a bunch of the pros there, most of the names you'd readily recognize. But, you know, that is an, uh, an event that the common everyday man would never have a chance to fish. It's, it's the elite fishermen. 
But, you know, there's another series out there where the working man can go out and fish and have the opportunity to qualify for an open that is just second to none also, the FLW Cup. So, And we have one of the fellows locally here from San Clemente that is fishing as a co-angler and is hoping to make that event, Mr. Todd Klein. Todd, welcome to the show. Yeah, good evening, John. Uh, Stan and Wendy, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on again. Oh, it's great to good. have you. <laughs> hey, we want to congratulate you because we've had you on before with your success and fishing as a co-angler in the uh, Rayoback FLW series out here in the West. but And it's it's got to be one of the hardest things to accomplish because fishing as a co-angler, you're not necessarily in charge of your own destiny. But here you are again in 2015, and we're talking about you being tied for Angler of the Year. Uh, it's It's got to be a hard feat, but you're the guy that's doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times uh, it's better to be, you hear the old saying, it's better to be lucky than good. And I think uh, a lot of times I have good luck on my side. And, and um, you know, I'm just enjoying, you know, enjoying fishing with the, uh, the FLW. It's an amazing organization. Um, I'm learning a lot from the from the pros I've, I've drawn for the most part. And uh, you know what, I've, I've had some success. I've got, got one tournament to go here in 2015. And Hoping to do it again, uh, be be a undef- uh, un- unbelievable feat if I could do it three years in a row, and you know really have to start thinking about maybe going to the front. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I got I gotta throw my two cents in here. There is an element, you know, that all of us that fish in tournaments, you know, I'd rather be looking good. I love that term because I use it all the time. But there's something yeah, well, said for consistency you, in 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 every every tournament organization. And I don't care if you're watching golf or tennis or whatever, but you start looking at the guys that are consistent uh, because consistency is breeds success, and uh, and especially over a long term, long run in this industry in our fishing world. If you got the talent it, when you're sitting, especially behind another man, uh, it used to be when, and this is the days gone by, back when, when boater to boater, we'd draw boater to boater, and a boater would, you'd lose the first boater drawn, got to be the guy that drove the boat, and the second boater got to be in the back of the boat, and you're fishing against each other, and you had to catch your own fish and put them in the boat. And that type of tournament, knowledge you know when you had to fish against the other man the guy in the front of the boat was had the the first half of the day the other guy got the second half of the day but that that's a tough road to hoe you had to learn how to how to utilize every bait on the wall of the tackle shop and know how the guy that invented it wanted it to be used and how to make it effective that really comes into play when we're talking about this Todd because I don't think that just luck comes into this you have to have the talent to understand what to throw when the guy's doing something different up in front and you have to play second fiddle to whatever his casts are and maybe optimize you know the next cast going in so there is an element of luck that comes into that yeah but the knowledge and your skill to have the consistency to continue to do this is pretty doggone good buddy yeah, I think, uh, you know, one thing I've really enjoyed about being in the back, aside from learning from some of the best in the West, is, 
is for me, it's kind of, it, it, I don't know, it gives you a small window. You know, when you, you talk about the water you've got behind the, the guy in front of you, it's a small window, and you've got to look at it and, and digest it real quick and, and capitalize. One, one cast with a frog, uh, you put it down, all of a sudden there's an opening in the pocket, then you pitch in a Senko. Next thing you know, you've got a long stretch of riprap. Now you pick up a crankbait, and you just got to constantly, constantly be looking at that water and breaking it down and, um, you know, be ready for, for what's around the corner. And, and for that matter, be looking at what's behind you because sometimes it could be an isolated tooley patch out there that that pro didn't see. And again, turn around and pitch to it. And, and I really like, I really like that. You know, I, I like having, uh, you know, that, that small window to say, you know, behind that pro that, you know, trying to break it down as quick as you can and, and make the most of it. It's, it's been fun. I really think that down the road, that's the really, when you decide you're going to jump into the front of the boat and, <laughs> and take off and maybe compete in the arena, you'll do great. Because the guys, the good pros, and you'll, you know what I'm talking about, a really good pro is hard to catch a fish behind because he's going to vacuum, he's going to see those, those pieces of the puzzle, and, and he's going to make those, those casts because he's got all the different rods up there, and each one is a tool, and each one of those pockets and each one of those uh, outside patches of, of weed or whatever, every pocket, he may go down and hit the ones that he thinks he's going to catch bigger fish in and leave the ones behind because that's what, that's his intent. But you've got to, having the knowledge, you know, he missed that, he didn't see that, he didn't throw to that, whatever, uh, yeah. that is a talent not everybody has. And, and I think you've done a great job of optimizing the position from the rear because not every every guy that fishes can't do that. I don't see that uh, most of the guys or a lot of the guys have the knowledge or, or the technique and it, to be able to do it twice as good, to, to be close at three. You know, it's not just luck. There's some skill involved in, in your knowledge is in, in your technique, obviously, because you've got uh, the talent to, to be able to place a bait in the right place and, and put a fish in the boat to, to back it up, too. Yeah. Well, tell us, Todd, uh, uh, I know that you wrote an article for FLW with regards to the etiquette and some of the procedures that a, a backseater should follow. You've been fishing backseat here for a little while, which is great because you probably had the opportunity to learn a lot of the places, especially on the Delta, that when you finally decide to take over the position as front seat, that you're going to want to go. But as for etiquette-wise, you want to just highlight some of the elements of fishing in the back seat that a back that a co-angler uh, has to observe. Yeah, you know, John, I think uh, I think that's one of the things I can attribute some of my success to is is um, you know when I go into it, I know that a pro has you know trailered his boat. He spent a lot more money um, and practicing as well as entries, and so. I put that, you know, right, right in the front. I know that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm lucky to be on the back of his boat and have the opportunity that I have. So I'll do what I can to assist him. Um, I'll also ask questions throughout the day. The last thing I'm going to do is crowd his water, but I'm going to maximize the water that I can with, with the, uh, with the green light from him. So if we come up to a point and I notice he's been throwing a square bill all day, I may say, Hey, you know, Joe, you mind if I fire outside with a deep dive? Have at it, Todd. And, um, you know, there's, there's the occasion where the pro might say, hey, you know what, I'm going to hit that after. That's fine. But if you don't ask, you don't know. But the last thing you want to do is just go up there and, and you know, fire away. And uh, it just makes a bad vibe for everybody. So, you know, first and foremost, I, I started fishing just like anyone else to have fun. Uh, I'm sure we all like to compete. We all want to win. 
but uh, you don't want to win at the expense of a bad day on the water. And, and uh, so I just, you know, win or lose, I want to make sure when we get off that water, we're both happy, you know, and that's, that's how I have approached it. And um, I think that's, that's been a, a contribution to my success. You know, uh, and a lot of times, you know, the backseater goes by the premise that there is an imaginary line that extends from the middle of the boat and goes out and is perpendicular to the shoreline and that you don't cast beyond that. Is that still a, a general rule, or uh, are you even limited to how far ahead of you you can really throw? Again, I think it, it really depends on, you know, the spot, the day, the moment. Um, again, some anglers are going to be more open to, to giving you water. Um, but again, if, a, if an angler's parallel in the bank and he's throwing a, you know, a crankbait or an Alabama rig, you're going to have to get real creative behind them because you're on the move. Um, and again, if he's fishing real shallow, you know, you can kindly ask, Hey, you mind if I fire out deep? Uh, and you know, you obviously want to respect, you're not going to come anywhere close to where he's at, but a lot of times these guys will, will give you, if it's water, they're not going to fish. You know, there's no reason they shouldn't give you that opportunity. Um, but again, you know, you just gotta you gotta make sure you're working together and you're not just trying to, to take it, you know. You know because, and, uh, well, well, you know, we've all fished long <laughs> enough too, uh, Todd, to to know that just because someone fishes to a spot and they don't get the first time doesn't mean that you can't go back to that same spot maybe two, three or four times before that fish is an enticed to fish. So uh, I, I think a co-angler, that's something that they have to realize that, hey, the, the water isn't used up. Just because the guy in front didn't catch a fish there doesn't mean that there isn't a fish there that's going to eventually strike. Yeah, yeah, good point. And, and the other thing is, too, you know, I, I try and always throw something different than what my pro is because even though I, you know, I, I agree with what you say there, I, I also challenge the fact that if, you know, he's throwing a, a spinnerbait, and he's in front of me. I'm not going to throw the same spinnerbait behind him. But if it's a, you know, hypothetically they're on a shad pattern, maybe I'll throw a chatterbait. Maybe, I'll, you know, if I can get by with a, a square bill or something, it's not going to get hung up in something. But I always want to try and, and show the fish a little bit something different than what the pro is um, because I think you, you increase your odds. Now, Todd, I, uh, I've had some individuals that are going to be going up and in, in fishing an event on the Delta here in the coming week, uh, a, a bunch of younger fishermen that are going to be fishing from the back seat, and they were excited sure. to hear that we were going to have you on the show. Can you talk about some of the particulars on on what you did and methods that you used to fish, and uh, maybe it might help some of these people that are listening? Yeah, again, you know, especially the Delta. Um, I mean, that place is such an amazing fishery. Um, you know, I go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. You know, you always got to have a, a go-to bait or two, which, you know, it, it's funny because the Senko, it's, it's nothing exciting. It's nothing, you know, sexy, and it can, it can be overlooked. But I went into that tournament this year going, I'm not going to fight that bait. I know what it can do. I know what it's done. And that was a bait that, you know, I, I practiced with. I got a couple fish in that eight-pound range in practice. Um, I got, I got a, uh, a nice one during the tournament, about six and a half. So that was that was a bait that was a staple for me. Um, I also uh, stumbled across some top water. Um, I fished with Joe Uribe, who's an unbelievable professional out here out west. You bet. Not only uh, you know fisherman, but as well as an individual. He's a great guy, and we fished together day one. And uh, 
you know, in the morning he said, hey, it's going to be tough at high tide. You know, let's get what we can, but at low tide we'll get them. And, uh, you know, we got a few in the morning when the tide was higher, but when that tide drew out, he was he was spot on. We went into this, this area where, you know, there was uh, kind of a spawning flat, and, uh, you know, he was throwing a whopper plopper, and, and um, I was throwing a chatterbait, and I said to myself, I'm going to put a pop, popper on. And I had one on in the morning, and he said, you know, don't put that small one on, put a bigger one on. And I said, hey, as the one particular one that I got with me, I don't like it. He goes, go in my box, get whatever you want. And I went in there and I grabbed one, and about five minutes later, I got a nine-pounder on a popper. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he, uh, yeah, I mean, it was in two foot of water. It was one of those moments I'll never forget, super exciting. And, again, Joe just immediately, when he saw it eat, he goes, it's a giant, we're going in. He jumped on the trolling motor and went straight after it which, you know, a lot of pros wouldn't do that, you know, oh. so I thank him once again for that. And uh, when we got that got that fish in the boat, I picked him up, you know, off the ground, gave him a giant hug. But um, so, you know, top water is, is, you know, and obviously as it continues to warm up, that top water bite's going to get better and better. A frog is a staple up there. You know, you get in the right area where, the, where there's those mats. Um, you know, a lot of times they like to get behind those mats between the, the um, riprap and the, and, the, and the mats, so just hit those pockets behind it. And, um, you know, obviously punching and that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I did the whole time. I caught some fish on, uh, Tamima square bills and a, uh, craw color. Um, so I, you know, I had, I had six or seven rods every day and I had them, you know, with different, different techniques ready to go. And when you come into those certain areas, just, you know, literally one cast, you put it, you know, wrap it up, put it down, grab the next one and, and just keep going nonstop and, and always be thinking, you know, don't, don't think like you're going to throw a sinkhole all day because, you might have success, but you'll have more success, you know, keeping, keeping an open mind and being versatile. Well, that was where what, well, that's what I was talking about, to be able to see the area that, you know, there's a spot there that I think I can catch one on this and I didn't see him cast there and take advantage of it. Because uh, if, if those are shared weight tournaments, and the guy in the front wants you to catch fish, but not everybody is you, too where you've, you've got the talent and the knowledge to say, you know, I, he missed that, and I think I can get one there. Or, or I'm going to throw this bait there because I'm going to optimize the situation I didn't see him throw there. I'm going to see if I can back him up one out of something that he missed. And, and not everybody has that, and not everybody does that. But for a backseater, man, I'd love to have you all the time in the boat. <laughs> you could be a great team partner, buddy. Oh, I'd love to have you on a shared format, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, just quickly, I'd like to say good luck to those kids and, and for all the parents and, and, for that matter, brothers, sisters, whoever. You know, if, uh, if you guys have an opportunity to, to take your son or or uh, neighbor or whatever, you know, get kids fishing because, um, you know, I grew up in Florida and came from a you know, family that you know, got a divorce pretty early. And I tell you what, if you don't have a passion, you'll find yourself in, in some troubled times. And luckily I had a passion both with surfing and fishing. And, uh, you know, fishing is a great, healthy sport. So if you guys have an opportunity out there listening, you know, get your kids and friends and families involved. Well, Todd, let me talk just a little bit more about that Cinco technique because down here in Southern California, we got low water levels. We don't necessarily have the structure in the water that you find at the California Delta. We might think that a fishing eight-pound test and uh, uh, using a five-inch Cinco is the way to go. But up there at the Delta, is it a little different? And, and tell us, are, are you weighting the Cinco down with uh, a weight in order to get it down faster? Are you using heavier line are you using a heavy cover hook uh, uh are are you treating that sinko a little differently than uh, we see here in southern california 
that was something I changed this year too. You know, I usually always will fish uh, for the most part. You know, especially when I'm fishing in heavy structure, I'll fish it. I'll fish a uh, Senko Texas rig, and um, I finally realized, and I thought to myself, you know what? You know, that's great for the initial fall, but if there's any any movement at all, that worm's just coming straight. It, it doesn't have the movement movement if you wacky rig it. And with the current up there and a little bit of tension on your line, that worm's going to constantly be moving. So I went with a wacky rig. I used a uh, Gamagatsu, I don't know what it's called, wacky something or other hook. It's got a big gaudy weed dart on it. It looks like it you know, should be used to uh, fish in the ocean, but they don't care up there. I mean, as crazy as that hook was, I used it last year, and I realized that they, don't, they don't mind eating it. Um, I used 12-pound test fluorocarbon, and uh, some would say that's a, that's a little light. I, you know, I don't, I don't know that they're line shy, but... For me, fishing out of the back of the boat, I'd rather get bit and worry about getting them in the boat after. Um, so, uh, you know, I think yeah, they strong enough. Uh, Sunline's sun pretty strong. They're not a sponsor of mine, but great line. And, um, you know, that was that was pretty much it. I didn't wait them. Um, I tried a little bit in practice, but it seemed uh, a lot of the times you're fishing isolated toolways that, you know, maybe are at the deepest five feet. So... As long as you're not moving quickly, you're good. And, and if I was moving quick, that was something else. You know, a lot of times I wanted to go with that Senko, but if, but if the pro in front of me was moving quick, but there was, you know, there was key areas that I could get into that he hadn't hit yet, I would pick up the drop shot because as soon as you would drop it in front of a fish, they would eat it. So you didn't have to leave it in there long. You didn't have to shake it. Pitch it in. You don't get bit. Pick it out. Pitch it in another hole. Just keep going. And um, that was that was kind of it. If we were... If we were fishing slow and he was also throwing a Senko or fishing something slow, and I'd take my time and fish that Senko. Now, uh, did color matter? Uh, I always fish uh, green pumpkin or uh, watermelon up there. Uh, I think some of the other guys fish some some brown colors. Um, you know, I was using a uh, I was using a new worm that that uh, Savage Gear makes. It's a it's actually got some some uh, special um, material in the middle and the wacky like in the middle so that it, it doesn't tear so you don't need the, the rings on it and um, it's, a, yeah, it's a brand new worm that made this come out with and uh, you know it was it was great I was it was kind of an initial run for me up there I used to practice crop fish on it and um, you know so that was that was it for me and for the most part just the green pumpkin and it sounds like that Gamagatsu product that you're uh, we're using was called the uh, the wiki wacky and it, what's, <laughs> what is they're not cheap either. Yeah, what's unusual about them is that Gamakatsu makes them on their uh, shiner hooks, so they have a little no, extra gap on it. It's funny you say that because growing up in Florida, you know, with when I was a kid with my father, we used to use those exact hooks for shiner, and I don't know that anybody out here would know that, but that's funny you say that because that's exactly what they look like. Wow, hey Todd. Hey, Todd, we're going to uh, take a commercial break right now. Is there uh, any way you can stay with us uh, uh, for a Absolutely. little bit longer? And, and not only to. tell us about uh, what you're doing with FLW, but, you know, this is just a, a side note for you with some of the other things that you're doing that are actually pretty exciting, too. So I hope you can stay with us for another segment. He's got a cool Absolutely. job. We'll you, <laughs> hey, hey, we are speaking with Todd uh, Klein from Oceanside, California, and being from Oceanside, California, it might give you a hint of maybe one of the other things that Todd is doing when he's not uh, fishing or vying for Angler of the Year with the FLW circuit 
Hey, you got Stan Vandenberg, Woody Toshars with us. I'm Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to us at rodreelradio.com or on AM540, Rod Real Radio. Stay tuned. There's more to come after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those of you who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport Fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh and our special Curtis crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovet reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Real Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with me tonight. So is Wendy Toshahar. Our special guest with us is Mr. Todd Klein. He's fishing the Rayovac FLW Series out here in the West has uh, fished two events. He's tied for Angler of the Year. And, Todd, I've got to tell you, uh, Angler of the Year in the co-division uh, uh, 
division. What what does that actually mean if you happen to be lucky enough to make Angler of the Year? Well, last year, uh, John, I got to go to the Forestwood Cup, which was an unbelievable experience. Uh, no kidding. No, no, actually, the first year I won it. I, I'm sorry. The first year I won it, we got to go directly to the Forestwood Cup if you won Angler of the Year. Last year, I had to go fish the championship back east in uh, Alabama, and it would they take the highest placing West Coast angler from that championship, and I literally missed it by uh, less, less, than, uh, less than an ounce. I don't know. It was something ridiculous. Um, but the cool, the cool thing was is Roy Hawk won it for the pros, and his son uh, right. won, it on the, uh, won it on the co-angler side. So they get to go back as a family, which I thought that was cool. This year, if, uh, if I was fortunate enough to win it, for me, it's just a, a huge accomplishment, you know, to do it three years in a row. And like I said, I'd have to really think about taking the opportunity to, to go to the front. I, I recently partnered up with um, Sun Country Marine and, and Skeeter Boats, and I've got a beautiful new FX-20. And every time I'm in that thing, it's like, you know what, I've got, I've got the equipment now, so I can't use that as an excuse anymore. And um, so for me, it'd just be a big accomplishment. They do, uh, FLW does pay for your, your down payments the following year are uh, basically half of your entries and you get a big, uh, you know, package from uh, strike King who, uh, who sponsors the angler of the year. So that'd be pretty much it in a nutshell. Well, you know, uh, actually to show that uh, you're pretty accomplished fisherman when you are in the front seat, you had an opportunity to fish this weekend and it turned out pretty well for you. Tell us about that event. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do a lot of travel with, uh, with my work. I, I, you know, I'm fortunate enough with my work too. Like I said, I'm, I'm pretty blessed all around. I get to travel the world and, and announce, uh, for the broadcast for the world tour of surfing for the world surf league. And so I'm usually traveling, but this year I was fortunate enough to be in town and the, uh, the folks at Elsinore Bass Club and National Bass West put together a fantastic Yay. event for, uh, for veterans. And, um, I, you know, I was able to go out to Vail Lake on, uh, yesterday and, uh, they had about, 54 boats, I think a little over 100, um, mostly current uh, military, active military, and uh, just, you know, really get back to the military that does so much for us. I mean, you know, it, it, a lot of times I think, you know, what we do in the day-to-day work, we forget about what the people are doing overseas for our freedom and what they do here, you know, uh, you know, domestically as well for, for us day in and day out. So to, to take a day out, take your boat out, and uh, just giving them a day on the water, um, you know, that's the least I could do. And I finally had the opportunity to do it. I drew a, uh, a great young kid. He was 25 years old based on Camp Pendleton. His name was Matt York. And, uh, you know, I said, hey, we're going to go out and just have some fun. We'll see what happens. And uh, I got him going on a drop shot. Eventually, uh, you know, he caught a lot of fish. I thought they were going to be in the underspin. I get to go out there and fish a lot with Art Hill, who's a, a fantastic guy at Bale Lake. So I kind of know the place pretty well. And, I went out on Thursday to get my boat tagged and caught them on the underspin, but when you know it, yesterday they were not even touching that thing. And no. um, I caught some fish on the crankbait in the morning. I was using a, an IMA pin jack um, and caught a couple of decent ones, you know, considering what the weights were yesterday, and that helped us. And I was really excited because Matt got one about midday that actually was our final cull fish, and uh, we only had, I think, seven and a half pounds or something, but it was enough for second place. and. You know, aside from uh, just being a fantastic day to be around all these individuals, uh, I was most most happy that, you know, one, Matt had a great time. He sent me a beautiful text about how, how much fun he had, but uh, he got to take home some hardware and, and uh, brag amongst his friends who, who were also out there yesterday fishing. It was just a fantastic event. 
you know, we've got to give special kudos to uh, Elsinore Bass Club and also uh, 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 the Petersons from National Bass West uh, that get together and, and put that event together and then also thank uh, uh, the Riverside uh, Metropolitan Water District for allowing that event to take place on Vale Lake. It's a it's an effort that everyone contributes to, and it sounds like it pays off in aces for the uh, the veterans that it serves. No, it, it was awesome, John. I tell you what, and, and uh, like you said, you know, the Elsinore Bass Club, I tell you what, you know, I've been around some fantastic events, but it's the first time we've had valet and uh, the fact that, you know, they were right there, put your truck in for you and then pull it up and then bring it back. I was like, no, we need this at the FLW. <laughs> It was uh, it was amazing, and just everybody out there smiling, and, and uh, you know a lot of great companies came to the table and, and made donations. I know Ima and, and, and Matt Pano uh, put a bunch of product together. I brought a bunch of old rods out uh, just to give away. You know a lot of my old Okuma stuff, and you know everybody. I didn't see anybody there that was that was uh, not happy. And I don't know her last name, but there was a woman there by the name of Sandy. And she went through a long list of what, you know, the the company she works for uh, does for, you know, the, the veterans as well as current military. And I tell you what, man, if there was more Sammies in this world, we would uh, we would all be a lot better, in a lot better place, that's for sure. But it's, it's just great people. If there's anyone out there listening and you get a chance to come out next year to the OIF, uh, OEF Warrior Bass Tournament, um, regardless of where they hold it, you know, please come out because it's awesome. It's a great event, and the guys from the Elsinore Bass Club are the top dogs. Man, they do a great job of putting on the event. They've done it since day one. They were the guys that started. Uh, yeah, this is they a lot year. of help from Lynn, Lynn Peterson and Mike Peterson and the guys from the National Bass West have helped them all along. But the, the support, and, and if you've never done one of these events, it is very, very, very good. Great. I mean, you will come away and want to do them every day after that. Yeah, uh, it's a fun event and it's a in a and very rewarding. It was you know, awesome, it was Todd. Awesome. Uh, you know, we had a couple of fronts come through, and we had a lot of rain in that part of the country. And I know Vail Lake has a, a very poor watershed when it comes to accumulating water. But tell me, uh, uh, did uh, any of this precipitation that we had for the past couple of weeks? Help the lake level over there that you were able to ascertain? No, it, it, yeah. it, you know the whole state's in a pretty bad place, John, and and um, you know hopefully we can get some rain as well as people can realize you know the the situation that the state's in and can start to realize that hey a ten minute shower is not the best idea, nor is leaving the hose on when you're washing your car. But no, it didn't come up at all. Um, you know that's a special lake out there. Fishing was tough yesterday, but you know hopefully. Hopefully uh, they can maintain the water that they've got in there because, like you said, they don't pull it from anywhere. So what's there is there, and, you know, whatever comes from, you know, natural rain, and I don't foresee anything coming in the near future. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting smaller out there, and there's still plenty of water, though. And, and um, you know, like I said, I get to get out there quite a bit with Art Hill, who guides, and, and uh, every time you get out there, it's, it's pretty special. Two weeks ago we were out there, and it was a nonstop topwater bite for, like, Two hours, we probably had 60 fish in two hours. I mean, it was ridiculous. <laughs> no, and uh, uh, since that uh, lake has changed over hands and now uh, belongs to the, uh, I, I think it's the Riverside Metropolitan District, the general public can now fish in there, and they're trying to come up with some type of a system that people can more regularly fish over there. So uh, it, uh, Vail Lake is now open to the public. Really? Yep. 
Yeah, it wow. is. It is. I wow. think uh, you know, it's still a premium, though, to fish out there. Uh, you can buy It's not called a membership anymore. It's basically an annual pass, and it's $1,500. Yeah. So, And I think they're trying to figure out how to maybe make that a little bit more reasonable, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But as you say, we've got to, uh, you know, make sure that we uh, we use very judiciously the water that we as residential consumers use because even though we use such a small percentage of the amount of water that is needed in California, every drop right now helps. So. Hey, Todd, you said you've got a website. Tell us where we can go to follow up on what you're doing. And if we have any questions, I know you're always great at answering them uh, if people have questions about some of the places you're going to be fishing. Yeah, thanks, John. I don't want to throw it out and make it sound like my album just dropped. But, uh, you know, I, I, I did write that article for FLW. And in the end, I, you know, I said, hey, any further questions, please, you know, reach out to me at at toddkleinfishing.com and I've, I've had a lot of emails since that article and, and I always am happy to give back and, and help others uh, you know, w- if I can with the advice uh, from you know, the experiences that I've had so if, you know, if there's anyone out there that you know, has questions or wants to get involved with FLW or just you know, maybe wants to start fishing tournaments but don't know where to start you know, feel free to reach out to me at toddkleinfishing.com I'd be uh, you know, more, than, more than happy to help you out now, Todd, you have one more event to fish with the FLW. Where are you going to be fishing? Uh, that event will be at Clear Lake at the end of September. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity to contend for, uh, for the Angler of the Year. Last year I was, I think, like 35 points behind and had pretty much written it off. But right. I won, the, I won the final event and won the Angler of the Year by one point. This year I'm in a better situation, so, uh, you know, we'll go up and we'll have fun. It's, it's probably my favorite place to fish in the, uh, in the country because... I mean, it's very similar to the Delta in the fact that the next cast can be a 10-pounder. So even if you're having a tough day, your head better be in the game all the way to the very end until you're weighing in because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it can happen on the next cast. So I'm excited yeah, for that opportunity. And, you know, it's a long ways away. It's not till the end of September, but, uh, you know, I'll be thinking about it every day. All right. Todd, we appreciate well, you spending the time with us, and we wish you good luck. We're going to be following you. Wish you the best in, in your uh, – your quest to be angler of the year and and furthermore what a great example you're a regular type of guy like 95 percent of us uh, that just go out a little more of a recreational fisherman you're doing well in that flw series congratulations and thanks for taking some of your sunday night to be with us yeah john wendy and stan thank you so much i really appreciate it and uh everybody have a great evening sunday night all right todd, todd we'll be in touch yeah, fishing the okay, FL. Thank you, Sam. Fishing the FLW. Hey, we got to take a break right now, but coming up next, Skipper Ray Summers from the Vendetta. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening with this local yellowtail bite and if it still is out there after this uh, last weather went through and what he predicts is going to be happening here in the next few weeks or so. So stay tuned. Still more Rod and Reel Radio to come after these messages.
Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262, or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for BASSBOAT insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. you to take heed from that uh, message from the Department of uh, uh, Waterways for the state of California. No one plans to go out and have an accident. So always be safe. Make sure you've got your life jackets on. You have all the safety gear that is required for you to have. And always, always be careful because you never know when that silver bullet's going to be there trying to get you. So make sure you stay conscious of what's happening. That's no lie. You got uh, it. And this is Mercury Motors Safety Week, too, above all things. So it, just keep this, those uh, kill switches on if you're running. Keep the life jackets on if you're in the boat. All right. Thank you, Stan. And I think you know that with uh, 1-800-BASS-BOAT insurance, you hear stories coming in all the time. And, uh, you know, you're there. If uh, people need you, but, uh, you know, you also want to help them out that they don't need you either. We hope we never have to, but it happens all the time. And uh, there's tons of stories about accidents because you don't have them because you want to. So just every time you're in the boat, be safe. That's the thing. You know, make sure your passengers are too. Hey, let's, let's go to our next guest. You know, I don't know if one of us, Stan or Wendy or myself, that whenever we go out in any of the boats that we don't have try a great to have a great time. But this is a fellow that uh, owns a boat out of H&M Landing that, boy, every time you go out, not only is it a great time, but he seems to be always on fish. Invited him to come on the show tonight to, to kind of clue us in on what's happening uh, out in our local grounds and maybe give us a little prognostication on what may be happening in the next few weeks. From Vendetta Sports Fishing, Captain Ray Summers. Captain Ray, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, we are doing great. 
But, you know, I have to be impressed. I've been uh, this past week after I got back from Lake Havasu, I needed my saltwater fix. And lo and behold, got on Facebook, and there's a vendetta. And Captain Ray, even with the storms that went through, you seemed to stay on them pretty good. Yeah, um, the storms didn't really mess up anything here this last week here, the one that we just had. Um, the week before, it, it kind of made the water a little streaky, and there were some breaks, some cold breaks. But it's cleaning up now, and things are looking even better here. A uh, different grade of fish are being caught, too. They're uh, the bigger models, the wow. 20 foot. And a lot of this stuff lately here in the last month, I would say, has been on the surface. That yo-yo fishing is kind of gone away, and now it's more surface plug fishing and fly lining. It's just been uh, it's been pretty steady here. And the last couple of days here, I've noticed the water uh, creeping back up to temperature and getting a little bit cleaner here. So things are good, very good here at the island. Yeah, Captain Cap Ray, I noticed uh, looking at the counts from uh, the San Diego out of Seaforth and uh, also the Malheny out of H&M. They've been uh, registering pretty good. How about yourself? Where have you been going for the fish, and 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 how best have you been taking your uh, your clients uh, to get on top of them? Uh, we've all been pretty much fishing the same area. We all kind of work together, uh, do a little searching, and just kind of move day by day. It relocates itself every other day here. It's always somewhere different, whether it's inside the rock pile, below it, on it even around the island, just depending where that warm water break is, that cleaner water is. So it's moving around. Uh, I know, I want to say last week, week and a half, the stuff was on the beach, and there was a lot of bird schools in with it, a lot of bait, and a lot of fish mixed in with it, a lot of good-sized yellowtail. And as far as the last couple of days, it hasn't been down there. It's kind of relocated itself, and it's kind of looked like it settled in around the island, kind of just broke apart and... That cleaner water is moving in, and we're starting to see the, the better signs there at the islands where a week and a half ago really wasn't there. It was all kind of tucked into the beach area, just inside well, the island, maybe below. If uh, fishermen now, if they're getting ready to go out this week, or we've got the holidays coming on up, if they uh, have the chance to go out with you on Veneta Sports Fishing or, or any of the other boats going out now, what would be your recommendation for the gear that they should bring with them, and uh, how should they be ready to fish? I'd probably say three rods, um, one rig with 20 pounds for my line, 20 or 25 pounds, a jig stick, definitely, and maybe one that uh, you might want to tie a yo-yo, uh, yo-yo jig on or, or a dropper loop set up with either 30 or 40 pounds of that. Jig stick meaning what? Uh, what excuse me? A jig stick. Which what kind of jig jig stick? When you say jig stick, a lot of people aren't going to know what to take. Right foot, right foot jig stick or for throwing surface iron. One hundred percent. Yeah, this, you're seeing a lot of this stuff up on the surface and it's blowing around. So the guys that are seeing the you fishing the surface iron do pretty well. Is that mostly thirty pound test for the thir- for the surface iron then? Most likely forty pound test is better. Okay. Wow. And what color surface irons are working? Uh, candy bars, your salad connectors, your JRI 7. Those seem to be working the best that I've noticed here. So Any guys particular color? What was that, Wendy? Color. Any particular color? 
No, just one that actually has a good action, a good swim to it. Doesn't matter the color. One that just really got a good kick. Right, and so be working best. Captain Ray, how about uh, how's the bait situation? We know that uh, you know getting sardines was uh, pretty tough there for a little while, and some of the sea sardines weren't quite as lively as we'd like to see them. Uh, uh, how are we doing right now with uh, live bait? The bait's great. Uh, the, the receiver's been holding anchovies and sardines here in the last week. Sardines are very healthy, too. Good size. Uh, I want to say five to seven inches, too. Very lively sardines. It's been looking good. So if you're fly lining bait, do you uh, recommend uh, uh, hooking them through the nostrils or uh, hooking them through the jaw or collar hooking or anal hooking? How's, how's the best way to get about that? And do you need to put any weight on that uh, on that line? No, no, no weight at all. Like, uh, no hook is the best, and some of the sea lions pretty much get up on you. And they start biting your bait in half, and we probably suggest you guys belly hooking the bait. It just has a, you have a better chance getting to the sea lions without them biting your bait in half. You know, a lot of times people don't realize they they uh, see the numbers that come off the boat, and that isn't really indicative of the number of fish that have actually been hooked up and are on because right now the tax man has been taking its toll there at the island. And, and so the, the number that you actually record it isn't really uh, uh, the number of fish that you may have been able to bring in. Yeah, the numbers that these guys are putting in are actually the fish that are on the boat, not the ones that are being caught or broke off. They're actually the fish being caught on the boat. So actually, the fishing is uh, is actually pretty good. Are are you finding these uh, fish on meters, or are you uh, you know looking for bait schools, or are you uh, looking more for temperature breaks? Uh, uh, we, look for, we look for it all: temperature break, uh, bait school, bird school, sonar sonar schools, anything. The last last week has been more visual; it's been on bird schools. Here in the last few days, it's been sonar schools uh, up around different areas around the island, anywhere from about 140 feet to 180 feet. Now, yeah, I know, uh, talking with Captain Chris Randall, he went down, fished a little farther south, and and went out on, uh, on the pongas and, and got some uh, yellowfin. Have you heard anything about uh, the potential of some yellowfin coming on up into our waters? Yeah, I think that's just around the corner, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be somewhat like last year, but probably even better. Wow. I now, tell me, uh, Captain Ray, if I have a chance to go out with you, do I get my choice? Do I get uh, barbecued beef sandwiches or do I get pulled pork? <laughs> <laughs> right now it's the barbecued pulled pork. I haven't did the beef yet, but I have uh, I've thought about it. I've definitely thought about it. <laughs> Captain Ray, is, uh, for a lot of people I haven't fished Vendetta, he is known for coming on up with his uh, pulled pork sandwiches and... Uh, I think a lot of people get on there just for the sandwiches. Oh, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I hope you just come on here for just a good time, just a good time. And the fishing, catch fish is a bonus. Well, this Captain. is the time to be able to do it, Captain Ray. Hey, Ray, if uh, we want to find out more about uh, Vendetta Sports Fishing, how to get aboard, maybe even charter you coming on up, uh, what dates you have available, uh, if, <sighs> if you have any room for uh, you know people to go out on an open party or anything, How's the best way to get all this information? Uh, I carry 12 people. There's a charter boat, and you can reach me at my phone number or on Facebook. A lot of people hit me up on Facebook. Ray Summer. My phone number is 
985-385-3563. You also will find Vendetta Sport Fishing on Facebook as well. I do most of my communication through there on all my charter groups. And right. uh, I think, yeah, that was it. All right. Well, Captain Ray, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I hope you have a, a great week, and we'll stay in contact with you and your you're always great on letting us uh, know the up-to-date information on what's happening out there. We appreciate you sharing that with us for sure, sir. Anytime I can help out. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, Captain Ray Summers from Vendetta Sports Fishing out of H&M Landing. Well, Wendy, you know, how long are you going to be staying in Texas? Um, I should be home on Tuesday. All right, and... And uh, I know Texas is known for having some great food and some great barbecue and and great association with uh, the people there. Have you been able to take advantage of any of that? Right after this, we're heading to the boiling pot. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Wendy, I know they have uh, 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 a, a, a terminology for eating crawdads that uh, when you're uh, eating the non-meat end that I'm not going to use here on, on the radio, but uh, do you enjoy all the crawdad like that? Oh, heck yeah. I'm Asian. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> all right. They don't have crawdad pokey, so she's going to eat them like they should be. Oh, for yep. sure. Well, it sounds like it's too fun. Wendy, thanks a lot for being with us and... Uh, giving us a report on the uh, Babes on the Bay. It sounded like it was a great event. And, uh, we look forward maybe to covering that a little bit better next year and uh, getting some information because it sounds like it's way too fun, especially to give the ladies an opportunity to go out there and, and kind of ring it out a little bit and have a great time. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we'll be able to do a little more next year, and uh, I can't wait to come back. You know, right. I think you should go back no matter what, Wynn. If I was if I was a babe, I'd be there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Wendy, I'll be talking during the next week, too, because I've got to re-up on Iserline. Uh, We've had a, a great run of it here in the past couple of weeks, and I'm short on a few items, so I'm going to need your help to get my stock back up. Thanks a lot again. We look, we look forward to talking to you later on. And, and All Stan, right. We'll yeah, yeah, buddy. Stan, you know, when I was in uh, 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 Lake Havasu, a, a few of the fellas, they were uh, asking about you, and uh, they wanted to make sure that you stayed in contact with them, especially for the boat insurance. People want to get a hold of you for uh, the find out, hey, do they are they insured right? Uh, uh, do they have the right policy? Uh, what do I do for this and that when it comes to uh, my boat insurance? How's the best way to get a hold of you? Just call 800 Bass Boat. It's 800 227 or just spell Bass Boat. That's All right. And if you're interested in those wiki-wacky uh, gamakatsu hooks, we have them here at Angler's Arsenal, plus all kinds of uh, uh, flick shake and, uh, you know, you know things to throw uh, on your Seiko. So if, you, if you're unsure about what's happening, just give us a call here or stop by the shop. We'll be happy to help you out. Well, guys... That's it for tonight. Man, it felt kind of strange uh, getting in the routine again, doing a live show. But I got to tell you, in a way, it's a lot easier than running around getting all those interviews. And again, (laughs) if you want to hear all the top pros that we got interviews with, and and I'm going to say there's 30 of them, maybe more than that, just go to rodandreelradio.com. You'll hear not only last week's show, but Ben put up a bonus feature that uh, we played a lot of the interviews that... uh, 
uh, we did with the pros. And I've got to tell you, they are interesting. Uh, gave you a great insight on what it was to be a pro fishing the Delta, fishing Lake Havasu, how they loved fishing out here, and hope they're going to get the opportunity to fish here again. Hey, well, guys, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot for your contribution. Always in memory of uh, Big Tuna Bill, we also want to thank uh, JR, and we want to thank uh, Ben and all the people that have helped us on out, especially you, the listeners. You know, we try to take uh, time off every once in a while to go out and do some fishing yourself. We want to thank you for your enthusiastic uh, enjoyment, for uh, listening to uh, some of the recorded shows we do, rodandreelradio.com. So just go to the archive page and and then sit back and enjoy at your uh, at your leisure because it's uh, it's there for you to enjoy. So right now, on behalf of all the staff, Stan, Wendy, also Jr., Ben, our local engineer, and always again in memory of Big, Big Tuna Bill, we want to thank you very much for listening. This is Rod Real Radio on AM 540 or RodRealRadio.com. We're out for now. Stay safe. We'll be back next Sunday night, starting at 5:05 p.m. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.